0: Today on the Loopcast, I have senior reporter for the Wall Street Journal, Farnaz Fasihi, and we are discussing the protests in Iran. Um, as anybody who is on Twitter or social media, these, these protests started on Thursday. And as with anything that's reported through Twitter, it's largely, it's, you know, we're trying to figure out what's going on, who are the actors, and what is sort of, uh, what is happening, basically. So today, uh, Farnaz is going to help me go through this and sort of figure out what is going on. So I want to start off with a really simple question, which is, the, it, you know, when did the protests start? It's By some accounts, it's on Thursday, on some account last Thursday, and then other accounts say Friday. But, you know, when did they start and, and what is sort of you know, a general reasoning for why these protests suddenly just came out into the open?
1: The protest started on Thursday in the northwestern city, northeastern city of Mashat, which is a religious conservative city. They were uh, instigated by um, one of the hardline factions uh, to come out uh, after called for uh, sort of the working class and laborers to come out and protest the economic policies of uh, President Hassan Rouhani. Uh, the, the protests um, started small, they started very economically focused, but within uh, you know, hours or 24 hours by Friday, they had spread like wildfire across Iran to small cities that have never really seen protests before. And the economic demand quickly shifted to uh, political um, grievances against the government and and calls for the Islamic Republic's ouster.
0: Interesting. So I want to maybe explore um, in one sort of explanation of why the protest started. It was with um, Rouhani, um, you know, the president of Iran comes out with this budget and within within this you know this budget, it apparently they were cutting religious money from away from religious in I R and other government institutions. Um, can you sort of You know, dig into this for us.
1: So yeah, so so Mr. um, There's been a a, a, Mr. Rouhani's come came under a lot of criticism for not delivering on on economic uh, prosperity fast enough, particularly after the nuclear deal and the lifting of sanctions. Uh, What he wanted to do was to be transparent with the public about the budget that he actually has uh, for for government financing and and the things he does. So he made public and transparent the country's budget for the first time ever. And within that budget, there were a lot of millions and millions allocated to religious institutions and seminaries. And that really angered the public because they felt that money that should be pumped into the economy to create jobs, to create industries, was going to these religious centers uh, without any sort of accountability or transparency on on how they're spent and what happens to them. That was one of the reasons. Uh, uh, Also, at parallel and at the same time, there was an announcement that a very popular retirement fund uh, with some of the banks that had gone bankrupt. Uh, And this is sort of teachers and uh, government employees and, um, you know, very working class people, middle class people had put their... Um, it's like a 401k, had put their money and their savings into these funds, and then they went bankrupt and they lost everything. Uh, so it, I think these two forces together, in addition to the fact that there's still inflation, that the, the price of basic food items like uh, eggs, like bread, like uh, chicken, meat, uh, far exceeds the purchasing power of um, you know the working class. Uh, and it sort of fueled uh, uh the, the anger and the protests um
0: uh, as we've seen interesting so then when we when we discuss the protests themselves and the protesters how would you describe i mean i think i think in a lot of accounts on twitter um they've been de- the protesters in, themselves have been described as middle class as working class but right. in, in your research i mean is this is this true? I mean, is is it a fair assessment to say that the protesters are generally of middle and working class sort of economic sort of? Yeah, I mean, up- oh, go ahead.
1: Okay, it is because if we watch the demographics of uh, where these protests are erupting, which cities, which parts of the neighborhoods in bigger cities, they're happening in working class. Neighborhoods and and um, you know like rural smaller cities that are not very uh, prosperous um, and uh, the the upper middle class sort of a lot of the um, you know wealthier people are sitting the protests out because they're very anxious about uh, instability they're worried that Iran may go the way of Syria or Yemen or other Libya or other countries uh, in the region that had. Uh, the Arab Spring and had a change of regime, but the working class is extremely angry, and uh, this has been one of the weak, uh, vulnerable points uh, of of Iran's regime. Uh, is that uh, you know when when you have uh, the working class and the laborers come out, uh, it's very hard to crush it because this is a, a, a population that kind of has nothing to lose. You know they're they're at a dead end and they're uh, willing to come out and. Um, and, and battle the government. They also don't have the uh, perhaps the political sophistication to um, to or patience to ask for reform and to ask for uh, slow change and factions. They just they just want to see uh, they're done with it and they want to see change immediately. And, and that's why we've seen them target uh, Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei and we've seen them target the regime.
0: Interesting. Now. Um you know, when we, when we talk about the protests, what is the level of violence? I mean, I, I, I know that sort of associating violence with protest isn't necessarily, you know, a good thing, but I mean, we've, you know, in, in reports from NPR yesterday, you know, we hear about, um, 20 protesters dead, 30 protesters, you know, it's a varying number, but, you know, from what you've seen, what is the, the sort of general sense of, you know, violence and, and the use of violence in these protests?
1: I mean, I've covered protests and uprisings in Iran for uh, for two decades and, and have watched this one very closely, um, uh, you know, from videos that witnesses are sending us or on social media. And uh, the way that usually it begins, the protests are peaceful, that people come out and they start um, chanting slogans and marching. Uh, And then the government deploys its security forces to crack down. And once that happens, then some of the protesters turn against the government and then we see clashes and violence. So the the violence is is always initiated uh, by the security forces. Uh, We've seen them uh, open fire into crowds. We've seen videos of of the police, uh, anti-riot police running over people, uh, throwing tear gas and pepper gas and using water cannons. Uh, we have had reports of 21 people dead uh, and the majority were from two small towns uh, and then once that started happened the protesters uh, turned uh, against the government they've uh, burnt built government buildings they've ransacked police stations uh, they've been tearing down uh, mr Khamenei's posters uh, so it's it's uh, it, it has taken a sort of an uprising undertone interesting
0: so what has been, uh, speaking of security forces, what has been sort of the IRGC and sort of associated elements, what has been their reaction? Because I think I read on Twitter, you know, they it was, they were sort of comparing the protests as being fueled by foreigners, by outsiders, by sort of, they, they were going out of their way to sort of discredit the protesters.
1: Um, the reaction uh, of of the government uh, and the regime as a whole this time has been a little different. They've, Mr. Rouhani has tried to acknowledge uh, the economic uh, aspect of the protests and uh, uh, come out and say, uh, look, we hear you, we know that we, you have economic issues and we have problems and we promise to fix them, but don't turn this political. Uh, and the political things are being instigated by foreigners. So there's some... Uh, attempt to differentiate the two and appease the sort of the poor people who are out in the streets and and make it seem like they're being heard, while at the same time crush the political dissent. The Revolutionary Guards uh, commander said yesterday that the guards had entered um, uh, uh, the the, the um, into the security foray in three provinces to try to uh, sort of take control of security where we saw um, a larger number of people out in the streets. Uh, uh, but but what the guards also do, and they've done it in every city, they do it every time, is deploy their plainclothes militia called the Basij. Uh, and these people don't wear a uniform. They don't, they're not easily identifiable, uh, but they come in and they start beating people up and dispersing them and arresting them.
0: Interesting. So I want to maybe switch footing a bit to looking at the larger context, because it mm-hmm. seems like on on one sort of analysis of it that these protests were started in a conservative city in in Mashhad and then you have um, one of the sort of the Ayatollah of Mashhad I I forget his name was summoned in front of the National Security Council and sort of the implication is that he sort of started these protests as a way of of sort of having a hedge or leverage against Rouhani's budget and my, my question is when when we view one one context of these protests, is it sort of an internal battle between you know political factions in Iran, or is it are these protests genuine sort of demands for economic reform, or is it sort of you know as with most human things, uh, more complex than that?
1: Uh, it's pretty complex because the demands of the protesters have a very wide range. They range from uh, economic reform and uh, you know uh, financial accountability and, and cries against financial corruption all the way to uh, the ouster of Mr. Khamenei and toppling of the Islamic Republic. So the quite a, a, a wide range of demands and anger from the protesters. There is no doubt, uh, I think, to most people in Iran watchers, these protests are genuine. Uh, the Iranian uh, public has been asking for reform and change within the framework of of the regime for 20 years since President Khatami came to power with the um, idea of reform. And and the regime has crushed it, has tried to suppress these demands, and every time there's a chance, every time there's a crack, these demands resurface and people come out into the streets and sort of show their anger and show their voice. Uh, So, you know, we might see protests, fizzle out, we might see them crushed, but the the underlying reason for them because it's never addressed, it also never goes away until the next time that it erupts
0: interesting and so, then I think um you know I think the the sort of common comparison that has come up a lot um, is comparing it to the green movement of two thousand and nine mm-hmm. and as you've sort of already pointed out, you've been covering this for two decades, so in, in your mind how do the two compare, you know, you know, if I remember the green movement was, you know, in 2009, so you didn't have as much cell phone penetration. You didn't have mm-hmm. as much Facebook, Twitter, Telegram, WhatsApp. And, and now like literally like I, I, I go on Twitter and I can see every pot, like videos from Mashad, from Desful, from Karet, mm-hmm. like like, Lydia, like video Everywhere. from every part of Iran. So, you know, as, as somebody who's been covering this, how, how do the two compare? The
1: The nature of the two are very different. In 2009, the, the public had a very clear demand. It had very clear leadership. It, its demands were within the framework of the Islamic Republic. People were uh, demanding that there be an, uh, a recount of election votes and to have uh, their favorite candidate, Mir Hossein Mousavi, installed as president. And they were, uh, so he he and Mr. Karubi the other opponent, were, were sort of leading the way, but it was very much a call for reform. It was a call for being, their votes being taken seriously. We really didn't have uh, these kinds of calls for Khamenei to go, or we don't want the Islamic Republic, not in the same white, um, uh, sort of spectrum that we're seeing now so this is one difference that in 2009 was mostly limited to big cities and to university students and sort of the upper middle class and uh and educated the working class and you know poor people were not as involved this time around the uh the the Demands are much more harsher and target the essence and the heart of the regime. They uh, are bypassing the calls for reform and sort of protesters are shouting, we're done with reformists, we're done with hardliners, all of you have to go. Uh, And the other thing is we're seeing much more, as you mentioned, involvement of smaller towns, some some towns I've never even heard of. Uh, And because of social media, they're organizing and they're sharing in real time videos uh, from all across Iran. This time around, there are all these uh, phone apps like Telegram and like WhatsApp and uh, others that are very popular in terms of uh, sharing information and organizing and that's why uh, Iran's government has, has closed and blocked uh, some of these applications and uh, tried to limit uh, the speed of the Internet to try to control, um, you know, with the information that gets out, but also organization uh, of crowds within the country.
0: Interesting. So, I mean, you know, with all this happening, what has been sort of the Trump administration's reaction? Because it, it's kind of interesting watching this through Twitter um there's a palpable sort of sense of rage against the Trump administration at least in the United States because the argument was oh you've banned people from coming to the United States and yet you're you're tweeting sort of sympathy and sort of you know the you know you know being pro protester and you know the messaging that come, that's coming out of the Trump administration is very seems mixed up or garbled or not consistent but you know, um, you know, what has been the Trump administration's sort of reaction?
1: Mr. Trump immediately jumped uh, in, into the foray of Iran protests and started tweeting about it from day one, and he's been tweeting about it every day. Uh, <clears throat> Vice President Pence, Speaker of the House, Ryan, and UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, all of them have expressed support for Iranian protesters and said that we're watching Iran's uh, crackdowns and, uh, you know, violations of human rights uh, and all of that. And uh, yesterday they said that we would do everything we can to amplify the voice of Iranians, although it's not exactly clear what they would do. Um, So they've done all that. but, But as you pointed out, because this administration has not differentiated between ordinary Iranians and the government of Iran when it comes to the travel ban, Iranians inside Iran are very skeptical and um, uh, reluctant to really trust uh, Mr. Trump and his administration because they feel that uh, he uh, he didn't differentiate between them and the government he banned them from Uh, entering the US, uh, but now he's expressing his deep respect and deep uh, support for them. So um, there there is a lot of skepticism in in terms of what the US uh, can do. Also, um, you know, when I think while it's important for foreign governments to uh, make it clear to Iran's government that if you're really keep keep them in check and put pressure on them to not kill or violently crack down on them, uh, but too much outpouring of support also gives uh, 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 fodder to Iran's regime to say, look, these protests are not legitimate. They're being fueled by outside uh, uh, governments and outside forces, as we've seen them
0: already do. Is is it your sense that the, the Trump administration is sort of linking the protests to the nuclear deal, that because of the protests and the ensuing crackdown, then you know, we must, you know, decertify and reject the nuclear deal? Or is the Trump administration sort of keeping those two separate?
1: It, this administration is unpredictable. They've been looking for every excuse to decertify the deal. I, uh, the, the, another deadline is coming up for Mr. Trump to decertify, and I uh, I think it looks as if he will decertify. I don't think he's going to to, to reverse that decision. Uh, But I think the key thing to watch is whether he's going to sign the waiver of sanctions, Uh, because as long as he signs the waiver of sanctions, the deal is kept in place despite the decertification. But if he decides to not sign that waiver and impose sanctions on Iran again, that that then, uh, you know, essentially the U S is pulling out of the nuclear deal and then, you know, it could all unravel from there.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, And then I think, I think that's, all my questions for today and you know Excellent. for Excellent. Okay. Oh no no for the Thank you. Those are the very good cast, questions. Um, we usually we usually end on sort of letting our, our our guests sort of give us something to think about before we, mm-hmm. we leave for the day. <laughs> okay. So give us something to sort of think about and sort of to chew on uh, about these protests.
1: Well, I, I think as an Iran watcher, um, you know the the protests um, um, in the larger context of what's going on uh, in the Middle East and and the uh, civil wars and and uh, the existence of ISIS in Iraq, which is Iran's neighbor and uh, elsewhere. Um, it's important to watch to see what will come of them and and whether. Um, whether or not uh, a vacuum of, of power or a vacuum of uh, security in Iran uh, would further destabilize uh, the region, and at what cost uh, would it come? So I think that's something that a lot of people are alarmed about. Uh, and uh, while they want change in Iran and while they want uh, to see uh, more freedom and, and, and democratic Iran, but at the same time, there's a lot of concern about, um, you know, putting Um, putting any sort of unrest into context of the larger Middle East and how that might affect uh, things going forward.
0: Well, thank you so much for, for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Sino.
0: Of course.